Welcome to the Risk Guru Podcast. Join your host, Matt Hodges-Long, in conversation with gurus from all over the world of governance, risk, and compliance. Come on, Matt, let's go. My guest today is Louise Robertson, Chief Marketing Officer of Locals. Welcome to the Risk Guru Podcast. Hi, Matt. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. It's a pleasure. So as we get started, Louise, tell us a little more about what Locals does. Locals is um, a real-time communication platform which uses live location data to trigger messages to technicians and customers. Our messaging can be configured to include the technician's photo, ID and vehicle details. The solution is being used at the moment by housing associations to give their customers visibility and transparency around their service appointments. Wow, okay, so that, that really is helping those housing associations then sort of manage the risk of around vulnerable customers? Yeah. I think vulnerable customers are one thing, but we did a research piece with YouGov last year, and even non-vulnerable people have serious anxiety around service appointments. 8% of UK individuals won't use the toilet within three hours of a service engineer coming, and 27% of people um, can't sleep the night before if they're expecting a service operative at their, wall, their, their door because they're worried about who they are, what they're going to do, and whether they're going to be on time. So, so for me, it's more about giving people reassurance and building trust. So the communication is a huge part of that. Right. So with with your product or service, so I, you know, if I'm waiting for an engineer to come, I can see what where they are and who they you, are. Yeah, and... you can see, and you get. So basically, we start from the moment of the appointment. So you can you, we do multi-channel um, communication. So you will get an email, you'll get a text, um, and within the text, you'll get a tracking link, and then minutes before the appointment, you'll get. Ben is coming, name of vehicle, who he's from, and reminding you of what he's coming to do. So it's your boiler. So you've got all these validation points that match your expectation. And then the minute he's gone, which I think is great, as soon as he's broken the geofence around the house, you'll get a feedback form, which we've made incredibly easy, which is smiley faces. So you can okay. record and give this straight back to the operations department to say you're happy or unhappy with the service. Fantastic. So then, so you're tracking the engineer then yep. with, the, with their geolocation yes, yep. and, and tying that into a sort of asset management yes, system scheduling system. So the, the, it, within the housing association, the operations department and the customer success and service department have a platform where they can see all their engineers, but they can actually see the live status of jobs. So they also have highlights if someone comes in with a low score and they'll be able to ring the tenant and say what happened. So I think this is this this can this can really when you have a, a technician go rogue, which you read about in the newspapers, this can pick this up before they're able to go rogue because you're getting live feedback. And we find that 90% of tenants use the feedback in app, so it's a huge amount of people want to press the smiley faces. Fantastic. And then um, when you're some kind of tracking of service quality and complaints so they can be nipped in the bud earlier so I think early so I think that's a really good idea that you can get that instant feedback and actually start to sort of get ahead of a problem before it becomes too big. Yeah, it's a, um, the feedback feature has been one of our most popular with housing associations because well, if you send out an email the, the, an email that isn't instant isn't in real time related to what's happened in someone's house they're rarely followed up but a text message with a very simple icon related feedback form they can do very quickly. And there's a there's a notes there's actually a free comments column where if they've put two they can actually list what's going on and then the the housing association can intervene and stop that engineer from going to do something to another place because you know rogue engineers are a big risk and I think people are are a risk in general. So. And I'm thinking if also from the other way around if there's a 
an accusation of impropriety or whatever yes. it is that you can actually turn around and prove as data yep. that that engineer was not in yes. that location at that time it, from that, that exactly history. you can uh, from a proof of where they are and geofencing the other thing is that you get vulnerable individuals who say that the the engineer hasn't been or hasn't done something because we also take photos of repairs so part of the process is taking photos of the repair so before the repair and after the repair and we've got a record of that so we can actually from the risk perspective, we, we can cover all angles. That's fantastic. I mean, it def definitely is a, a requirement from, from what I've seen talking to clients in, in that space. I mean, we, you know, as you know, we, we do a slightly different end of it, but we're holding that sort of evidential record keeping. And it's, it's really great where you can see other technology solutions that can fit together and deliver that, that experience digitally. So that, that's fantastic. Um, so one of the things we like to do with this, this podcast is actually look at busting myths about risk and what what have you seen in, in what you're doing I mean you, you've told us about the the anxiety bit which yeah. I never knew I'd never really thought of but you know now I come to think of it um, yeah you might want to pop out and buy a pint of milk but you're waiting in and you don't want to miss the appointment so there is that uh, I guess you could call it anxiety but um, what myths do you see out there relating to, to risk and management of risk I think people think that technology is there doing everything for them and think they've got everything in place and actually even if you've got the right technology, it's the humans that make the errors. It's the humans that don't deliberately do things, but they share something or they delete something or they fill out the wrong form. So if you're talking about vulnerable, um, vulnerable individuals, I've been on a few workshops where the biggest concern has been over data because an awful lot of the data comes from the benefits association so that they can grade people on yeah. where they are. And that's obviously really sensitive data. So any leakage there, and the thing is, these things come in Excel spreadsheets, which you and I both know are not yep. things. So they're flinging around highly sensitive data. And this is where I think there's a huge risk of it getting out or being used badly or categorizing someone in the benefit system that isn't or wasn't. Or So it's, there's an awful lot of human education around, around data. Yeah. No, absolutely. We normally sort of talk about about the sort of the the pink squashy bit in the middle. You know, the human that is the yeah. one that that hits the uh, CC button rather than BCC, and, and out it goes. So, uh, yeah, definitely agree with you in that. So, what um, in terms of we we again talking about risk? What what things can you see, or what what would what do you do in terms of removing unnecessary risk from from customers? I and mean, we've talked a lot about identification. Yeah. Um, what else can, can you do to help with locals or could you see locals delivering? I think in terms of that one regard? of the things we're doing in the future, which I think is really good with vulnerability, is we will be able to, so, um, we will be able to notify the next of kin or carer that this, the serviceman is going. So it's multi-channel as well as singular channel between the customer and the service provider. There'll be another channel, which is actually the carer, the the guardian, the parent, the so we can put extra yeah. fields in. So it's there's more people involved in it if it's a vulnerable play person. And then the, and could that link to a validation in terms yes. of you're not allowed in until the second? Yes, that's person right. Has, that's that's easy. So there'd right. be a validation level in it, and there would be so um, when you're arranging the scheduling, they come up a vulnerable, and you'd know mm. that you'd have to message the carer. So the carer would be there at the same time, or the next of kin would be there at the same time, yeah. and then they'd both be messaged, and then the engineer would know not to go in until the second person was there. Right. Something you mentioned to me earlier, which I thought was really cool around how the, the person responding, so the person within the home can actually 
message back to the engineer to say yes. that they're going to take a while to get yep. to the door if they've got yep. mobility no, the, issues the, or something? The, the, the two-way messaging is really popular because it can go through the phone and if they've got an Alexa, they can talk to the Alexa and say, um, I'm a bit doddery on my feet, it'll take me a while. Or they can say something like, can I pop out? Um, I need to go and just get some bread. And the engineer can respond, he'll know where he is. Or they can track them on the map. But generally the two-way messaging saves an awful lot of missed appointments. And again, it reassures them to make sure they're coming. So it saves your call centre calls, etc. as well. And two-way messaging is probably the most popular feature with the, with the consumers. Fantastic. And then how, from a, from a you know, housing association or client's yeah. perspective, how does the, the billing work? Do they, do they pay per message or do they subscribe to the platform? Or they how? subscribe to, the, there's a licence fee and then there's a billing of, of the amount of text used. Right. And that's, that's depending what, what service they're using, because most housing associations have a text platform, but we're much more than text, we're intelligent messaging with two-way comms in it. But yeah, we, we work with various providers to cut those costs. We use um, internet-based um, solutions. Which and and do, you, um, do you sort of typically sit down with the customer and go through a sort of a, a, a use case with a return on oh, investment? Oh yes, and sort good. Of yeah, look we, at we, we do, we have a calculator, so we go right. through that. We, so we go through the whole, um, the whole use case of how we save money reducing the access rates, how we improve customer experience, and how we safeguard vulnerable individuals and how we meet the regulations because as you and I both know the regulators are all about customer service and transparency and visibility reducing anxiety in general so we, we work through a whole process like that. Fantastic and then um, what, you know as we're sort of talking around government regulation yeah. what what do you think the government or regulators should be doing to help manage risk better and maybe when it comes to vulnerable individuals living in their own homes what 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 more could we be doing as a society to to help these people i think as a society um we need to learn to share data the, the last workshop i did was all about sharing data so we have got like the blue badge people uh, the disabled people they've got a huge database of all the people that are disabled in the uk they don't share that data there needs to be a shared database of vulnerable individuals anonymized or whatever related to postcodes but then it would make the service providers like British Gas, Housing Associations, Repairmen's Lives much easier um, and there needs to be a safe way of sharing that with everybody yeah. um, and I also think there should be a need that anyone that calls upon, there should be a regulation that says that there has to be identifiers of people before they arrive at the door with someone so we get it with de delivery because you, you know DPD is one of our our clients so we our expectation of a parcel delivery is that I'll know when it's coming and I'll be able to track it um, and with British Gas you get the picture of your engineer again it's our software but I think this should be in housing this should be anywhere that there's a doorstep involved where someone is coming into someone's house yes so that I, I think there's a yes yeah, it's, it's very vulnerable situation isn't it I think back to the point of anxiety even yes. if you know that person's coming to actually open your door and bring somebody in yes. not really knowing who they are and I think there's that speaks to that trust with the housing yeah. you expect that the housing association has done their due diligence they know who the person is they've vetted them in some way there's that implicit trust yeah. but I think by having somebody that can identify who they are you know ahead of time it's not just somebody turning up with a yes. t-shirt on you know the you know, I think that goes a long way towards building that trusted relationship and being able to give the feedback immediately to say this was a bad experience or a good experience, I think, and that gets dealt with, I think, is, is amazing in terms of 
you know, being a step forward. I also think with that, the other thing that we can do is work, we work with the RAC is we can, in the workflow of communications, we can add in safety and reminders of the man's coming to do your um, boiler, make sure your cupboard is clear. Because the other thing with vulnerable individuals, they forget why the person's coming. So yeah. their anxiety is, they know they've got an appointment, but they don't know what they're coming to do. So part of the communication workflow can be quite an explicit text message saying, Ben is coming and he's going to replace your boiler. So can you, if it's in a cupboard, can you make sure it's clear? So there's a reminder and there's that builds trust. The two-way comms in the whole process builds trust with the individual. Yeah, so oh, that's interesting. So, you, so if you've got different types of appointment, can you sort of pre-define the message yes, flow? Yes, right, that, okay. that's the, when we're deploying this, the most important part is our customer success team work on what the messages are and when they go because you all have been using something that isn't real time. So we work through, with all our customers, we do almost a day workshop on, and then we test it several times, and then we review it every two weeks with the customer success team so that we get the messaging right, and then we segment it by different, with Autoglass and the RAC, we've, we've micro-segmented it for personas. So, yeah. so one of the things I, I saw earlier, that I imagine if, if you're expecting somebody to come to replace your windscreen, then you probably want that piece of work to be done and you're more likely to be in, I guess. Yes. But if we look at something, say, within property world of electrical inspections, those sorts of things that aren't materially going to add any value to the customer, so therefore it's, it's a compliance check, yeah. but you need access to the property to do it, then do you see, in terms of reporting, the sort of the non-attendance rates I mean can you see a stark contrast in terms of if you explain yes. to somebody why you're doing yeah, something that, that, it, there's a stark contrast if you one tell them that the, the stark contrast from getting an email the day before and a text in the morning to having a, a workflow of communication which in the morning tells you the exact time we can do a 15 minute window so 15 to 30 minute window means you can plan the customer the tenant can plan their life around the, the what's going on the appointment and then exactly if you've got your if it's your fire certificate that they're coming to renew or the electrical certificate with in the case of clarion they would um an explanation means that you're much more likely to be in if you explain that this is a safety thing and it's in your interest to be in i mean you give them a very specific time frame then the access rates are really high right okay which which presumably when it when you look at the return on investment yes probably the, the biggest cost is in wasted yeah. engineer so, time yeah, and it's 75 pounds on average a call a missed call without the rescheduling costs of because then it goes back into the pipe for a, you know the whole reschedule contact the customer um, most of the housing associations have portal but for for the more vulnerable individuals it's generally all telephone work because they don't use yeah. the portal so. so i think often catching up that those opportunity those appointments that have been missed there you know there isn't you kind of get behind the curve and then you're constantly chasing to try and get yes. back and when it when it comes to something like electrical safety yes. or gas safety there are hard and fast times yes. where that has work has to be done by you know and if you're behind you're and then the regulators if, if you've got a housing if you've got a thousand houses and you haven't got they haven't they're not certified then you become up against the regulators as well yeah and we, we you know we don't want to be there we all know what happens so no that's really interesting i think i didn't know where the conversation was going to go yeah. around risk but it's always looking at different angles and, and saying, well, how, you know, how does a, a messaging platform help people manage risk? And I think that's been really interesting to sort of understand some of those use cases. So thank you very much for, for taking the time out Pleasure. to talk, Louise. Um, 
you know, obviously wishing locals and your team the, the best yeah. of luck going forward. But uh, if anybody wants to find out more about you or locals, how, how should they get in oh, touch? The easiest way is to go on our website or just ring us. Um, the telephone number's on the website. I don't know off by heart. I don't know. No, wouldn't expect you to. Yeah, but um, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We've got 26 videos on YouTube all explaining the use case for tenants and individuals. So please just have a look and get in touch. Yeah. So that's locals spelt L-O-C-A-L-Z. Yes, it's Z. Often people call us local Z, which makes us all very funny. We're not a pop band, we're locals. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, well, thank you very much, Louise. Lovely to talk thank to you. you. My guest today is Louise Robertson, Chief Marketing Officer of Locals. Welcome to the Risk Guru podcast. Hi Matt, thank you very much for having me. No problem, it's a pleasure. So as we get started, Louise, tell us a little more about what Locals does. Locals is um, a real-time communication platform which uses live location data to trigger messages to technicians and customers. Our messaging can be configured to include the technician's photo, ID and vehicle details. The solution is being used at the moment by housing associations to give their customers visibility and transparency around their service appointments. Wow, okay, so that, that really is helping those housing associations then sort of manage the risk of around vulnerable customers? Yeah. I think vulnerable customers are one thing, but we did a research piece with YouGov last year, and even non-vulnerable people have serious anxiety around service appointments. 8% of UK individuals won't use the toilet within three hours of a service engineer coming, and 27% of people um, can't sleep the night before if they're expecting a service operative at their, wall, their, their door because they're worried about who they are, what they're going to do, and whether they're going to be on time. So, so for me, it's more about giving people reassurance and building trust. So the communication is a huge part of that. Right. So with, with your product or service, so I, you know, if I'm waiting for an engineer to come, I can see what, where they are and who they yeah, are. Yeah, you can see. And you get, so basically, we start from the moment of the appointment. So you can, you, we do multi-channel communication so you will get an email you'll get a text um, and within the text you'll get a tracking link and then minutes before the appointment you'll get Ben is coming name of vehicle who is from and reminding you of what he's coming to do so it's your boiler so you've got all these validation points that match your expectation and then the minute he's gone which I think is great as soon as he's broken the geofence around the house you'll get a feedback form which we've made incredibly easy, which is smiley faces. So you can okay. record and give this straight back to the operations department to say you're happy or un unhappy with the service. Fantastic. So then, so you're tracking the engineer then with, yep. the, with their geolocation yes. yep. and, and tying that into a sort of asset management yes, system? Yes, So the, 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 it, within the housing association, the operations department and the customer success and service department have a platform where they can see all their engineers, but they can actually see the live status of jobs so they also have highlights if someone comes in with a low score and they'll be able to ring the tenant and say what happened. So I think this, is, this, this, can, this can really, when you have a, a technician go rogue, which you read about in the newspapers, this can pick this up before they're able to go rogue because you're getting live feedback. And we find that 90% of tenants use the feedback in apps. So it's a huge amount of people want to press the smiley faces. Fantastic. And then um, when you're... Um managing this process you know it's um cut that out That's all right. <laughs> um, yeah i was just thinking where you've got operatives going into potentially vulnerable people's homes that it's really important to have some kind of tracking of service quality and 
complaints so they can be nipped in the bud earlier. So I think early. So I think that's a really good idea that you can get that instant feedback and actually start to sort of get ahead of a problem before it becomes too big. Yeah, it's a, um, the feedback feature has been one of our most popular with housing associations because well, if you send out an email, the, the, an email that isn't instant, isn't in real time related to what's happened in someone's house, they're rarely followed up. But a text message with a very simple icon related feedback form, they can do very quickly. And there's a there's a notes there's actually a free comments column where if they've put two they can actually list what's going on and then the the housing association can intervene and stop that engineer from going to do something to another place because you know rogue engineers are a big risk and I think people are are a risk in general. So. And I'm thinking if also from the other way around if there's a an accusation of impropriety or whatever yes. it is that you can actually turn around and prove as data yep. that that engineer was not in yes. that location at that time it, from that, that exactly history. you can uh, from a proof of where they are and geofencing the other thing is that you get vulnerable individuals who say that the the engineer hasn't been or hasn't done something because we also take photos of repairs so part of the process is taking photos of the repair so before the repair and after the repair and we've got a record of that so we can actually from the risk perspective, we, we can cover all angles. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, it def definitely is a, a requirement from, from what I've seen talking to clients in, in that space. I mean, we, you know, as you know, we, we do a slightly different end of it, but we're holding that sort of evidential record keeping. And it's, it's really great where you can see other technology solutions that can fit together and deliver that, that experience digitally. So that, that's fantastic. Um, so one of the things we like to do with this, this podcast is actually look at busting myths about risk and what what have you seen in, in what you're doing I mean you, you've told us about the the anxiety bit which yeah. I never knew I'd never really thought of but you know now I come to think of it um, yeah you might want to pop out and buy a pint of milk but you're waiting in and you don't want to miss the appointment so there is that uh, I guess you could call it anxiety but um, what myths do you see out there relating to, to risk and management of risk I think people think that technology is there doing everything for them and think they've got everything in place and actually even if you've got the right technology, it's the humans that make the errors. It's the humans that don't deliberately do things, but they share something or they delete something or they fill out the wrong form. So if you're talking about vulnerable, um, vulnerable individuals, I've been on a few workshops where the, the biggest concern has been over data because an awful lot of the data comes from the benefits association so that they can grade people on yeah. where they are. And that's obviously really sensitive data. So any leakage there, and the thing is, these things come in Excel spreadsheets, which you and I both know are not yep. things. So they're flinging around highly sensitive data. And this is where I think there's a huge risk of it getting out or being used badly or categorizing someone in the benefit system that isn't or wasn't. Or So it's, there's an awful lot of human education around, around data. Yeah. No, absolutely. We normally sort of talk about about the sort of the the pink squashy bit in the middle. You know, the human that is the yeah. one that that hits the uh, CC button rather than BCC, and, and out it goes. So, uh, yeah, definitely agree with you with that. So, what um, in terms of we we again talking about risk? What what things can you see, or what what would what do you do in terms of removing unnecessary risk from from customers? I and mean, we've talked a lot about identification. Yeah. Um, what else can can you do to help with locals or could you see locals delivering? I think in terms of that one regard? of the things we're doing in the future, which I think is really good with vulnerability, is we will be able to so um, we will be able to notify the next of kin or carer that this the serviceman is going. So it's multi channel as well as singular channel between the customer and the service provider, there'll be another channel which is actually the carer 
the the guardian, the parent, the so we can put extra yeah. fields in so it's there's more people involved in it if it's a vulnerable play person and then the, And could that link to a validation in terms yes. of you're not allowed in until the second person? Yes, that's person right. Has, that, that's easy. So right. there'd be a validation level in it and there would be so um, when you're arranging the scheduling, they come up with vulnerable and you'd know that you'd have to message the carer. So the carer would be there at the same time or the next of kin would be there at the same time. Yeah. And then they'd both be messaged and then the engineer would know not to go in until the second person was there. Right. Something you mentioned to me earlier, which I thought was really cool around how the, the person responding, so the person within the home can actually message back to the engineer to say yes. that they're going to take a while to get yeah. to the door if they've got yeah. mobility no, the, issues the, or something. The, the, the two-way messaging is really popular because it can go through the phone and if they've got an Alexa, they, they can talk to the Alexa and say, um, I'm a bit doddery on my feet, it'll take me a while. Or they can say something like, can I pop out? Um, I need to go and just get some bread. And the engineer can respond, he'll know where he is. Or they can track them on the map. But generally the two-way messaging saves an awful lot of missed appointments. And again, it reassures them to make sure they're coming. So it saves your call centre calls, et cetera, as well. And two-way messaging is probably the most popular feature with the, with the consumers. Fantastic. And then how, from a, from a, you know, a housing association or client's yeah. perspective, how does the, the billing work? Do they, do they pay per message or do they subscribe to the platform? Or they how? subscribe to, the, there's a licence fee and then there's a billing of, of the amount of text use. Right. And that's, that's depending what, what service they're using, because most housing associations have a text platform, but we're much more than text, we're intelligent messaging with two-way comms in it. But yeah, we, we work with various providers to cut those costs. We use um, internet-based um, solutions. Which and and do, you, um, do you sort of typically sit down with the customer and go through a sort of a, a, a a use case with a return on oh, investment. Yes. Sort Good. Of yeah, we, we, we do. We have a calculator, so we go right. through that. We, so we go through the whole um, the whole use case of how we save money, reducing the access rates, how we improve customer experience, and how we safeguard vulnerable individuals, and how we meet the regulations. Because as you and I both know, the regulators are all about customer service and transparency and visibility, reducing anxiety in general. So we we work through a whole process like that. Fantastic. And then, um, you know, as we're sort of talking around government regulation, what what do you think the government or regulators should be doing to help manage risk better? And maybe when it comes to vulnerable individuals living in their own homes, what 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 more could we be doing as a society to to help these people? I think as a society, um, we need to learn to share data. The, the last workshop I did was all about sharing data. So we have got like the blue badge people, uh, the disabled people. They've got a huge database of all the people that are disabled in the UK. They don't share that data. There needs to be a shared database of vulnerable individuals, anonymised or whatever, related to postcodes, but then it would make the service providers like British Gas, Housing Associations, Repairmen's Lives much easier. Um, and there needs to be a safe way of sharing that with everybody. Yeah. Um, and I also think there should be a need that anyone that calls upon, there should be a regulation that says that there has to be identifiers of people before they arrive at the door with someone. So we get it with de delivery because, as you know, DPD is one of our, our clients. So we our expectation of a parcel delivery is that I'll know when it's coming and I'll be able to track it. Um, and with British Gas, you get the picture of your engineer. Again, it's our software, but I think this should be in housing. It should be anywhere that there's a doorstep involved where someone is coming into someone's house. Yes. So that, I think there's a... Yes, yeah, it's a very vulnerable situation, isn't it? I think back to the point of anxiety, even yeah. if you know that person's coming, to actually 
open your door and bring somebody in yes. not really knowing who they are and I think there's that it speaks to that trust with a housing yeah. you expect that the housing association has done their due diligence they know who the person is they vetted them in some way there's that implicit trust yeah. but I think by having somebody that can identify who they are you know ahead of time it's not just somebody turning up with a yes. t-shirt on you know the I think that goes a long way towards building that trusted relationship and being able to give the feedback immediately to say this was a bad experience or a good experience and that gets dealt with I think is is amazing in terms of you know being a step forward. I also think with that the other thing that we can do is we work with the RAC is we can in the workflow of communications we can add in safety and reminders of the man's coming to do your um, boiler make sure your cupboard is clear because the other thing with vulnerable individuals, they forget why the person's coming. So yep. their anxiety is, they know they've got an appointment, but they don't know what they're coming to do. So part of the communication workflow can be quite an explicit text message saying, Ben is coming and he's going to replace your boiler. So can you, if it's in a cupboard, can you make sure it's clear? So there's a reminder and there's, that builds trust. The two-way comms in the whole process builds trust with the individual. Yeah, so oh, that's interesting. So you so, if you've got different types of appointment, can you sort of pre-define the message yes. flow? We, right. That, okay. That's the when we're deploying this. The most important part is our customer success team work on what the messages are and when they go, because you all have been using something that isn't real time. So we work through with all our customers. We do almost a day workshop on, and then we test it several times, and then we review it every two weeks with the customer success team, so that we get the messaging right, and then we segment it by different with Autoglass and the RAC we've, we've micro segmented it for personas so yeah so one of the things I, I saw earlier that I imagine if if you're expecting somebody to come to replace your windscreen then you probably want that piece of work to be done and you're more likely to be in I guess yes. but if we look at something say within property world of electrical inspections those sorts of things that aren't materially going to add any value to the customer so therefore it's, it's a compliance check yeah. but you need access to the property to do it then do you see in terms of reporting the sort of the non-attendance rates, I mean, can you see a stark contrast in terms of if you explain yes. to somebody why you're doing yeah, something? Yeah, that, that, there's a stark contrast if you, one, tell them that the, the stark contrast from getting an email the day before and a text in the morning to having a, a workflow of communication, which in the morning tells you the exact time. We can do a 15-minute window. So 15 to 30-minute window means you can plan, the customer, the tenant can plan their life around the, the, what's going on the appointment and then exactly if you've got your if it's your fire certificate that they're coming to renew or the electrical certificate with in the case of Clarion they would um, an explanation means that you're much more likely to be in if you explain that this is a safety thing and it's in your interest to be in um, and you give them a very specific time frame then the access rates are really high right okay which which presumably when it when you look at the return on investment yes probably the, the biggest cost is in wasted yeah. engineer so, time. Yeah, and it's £75 on average a call, a missed call, without the rescheduling costs of, because then it goes back into the pipe for a, you know the whole reschedule, contact the customer. Um, most of the housing associations have portal, but for, for the more vulnerable individuals, it's generally all telephone work because they don't use yeah. the portal. So. so I think often catching up that those opportunity, those appointments that have been missed, there, you know, there isn't you kind of get behind the curve and then you're constantly chasing to try and get yes. back and when it when it comes to something like electrical safety yes. or gas safety there are hard and fast times yes. where that has work has to be done by you know and if you're behind you're and then the regulators if, if you've got a housing if you've got a thousand houses and you haven't got they haven't they're not certified then you become up against the regulators as well 
yeah, we, we you know we don't want to be there. We all know what happens. So no, that's really interesting. I think I didn't know where the conversation was going to go yeah. around risk, but it's always looking at different angles and and saying, well, how you know how does a, a messaging platform help people manage risk? And I think that's been really interesting to sort of understand some of those use cases. So thank you very much for, for taking the time out Pleasure. to talk, Louise. Um, you know, obviously wishing locals and your team the, the best yeah. of luck going forward. But uh, if anybody wants to find out more about you or locals, how, how should they get in oh, touch? The easiest way is to go on our website or just ring us. Um, the telephone number's on the website. I don't know it off by heart. I oh, no. wouldn't expect you to. Yeah, but um, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We've got 26 videos on YouTube, all explaining the use case for tenants and individuals. So please just have a look and get in touch. Yeah. So that's locals spelt L-O-C-A-L-Z. Yes, it's Z. Often people call us local Z, which makes us all very funny. We're not a pop band, we're locals. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, well, thank you very much, Louise. Lovely to talk thank to you. you. Thank you for listening to the Risk Guru podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes via riskgurupodcast.com or your favourite podcast player.